A deeper understanding of childhood sexual abuse is needed. Published by the Kavanagh Sisters on June 14, 2018. You cannot change something if you're unaware of its existence. Awareness of a negative situation, attitude or belief is the first step towards making positive change. Our intention is, and always has been, to help improve the lives of victims of sexual abuse. To achieve this, we need to help people understand this crime. Is there a difference between the way men and women view sex and sexual abuse? Is this difference a contributing factor preventing the necessary supports and laws being put in place to tackle sexual crimes? Could it be down to a complete lack of understanding of the magnitude of damage that sexual abuse causes to its victims and how the ripple effect impacts us all? We've given this issue a lot of thought and remain completely lost as to why no one other than the victim of this crime seems to realise the necessity and urgency around putting the appropriate laws and supports in place. What can we do to change this? The sheer numbers involved in this crime is horrifying enough. Add to that the fact that it's a worldwide issue. This should be enough motivation for world leaders to act. They don't. And we need to find out why. It's like the housing crisis. We think the situation is unforgivable and shouldn't be happening, but there it is. Families are suffering and our leaders do nothing. What needs to happen for things to change? How do we help those in positions of power to see that like the housing crisis, immediate action is required? Unless something is done around improving how we currently view and treat sexual abuse crimes, we will all suffer the consequences. We understand that sexual abuse is a very difficult and complex issue. We also know that it requires a willingness to listen to a subject that most would prefer to ignore. But further understanding is needed. Sexual abuse is not simply a sexual act that takes place without consent. It is so much more than that. It is this very misconception that we believe leads to a lack of action in addressing and implementing the necessary changes that are badly needed. This lack of understanding we feel is also present in our courtrooms, resulting in poor sentencing for those who commit these sexual crimes. If we are to move forward, we must have open and honest discussions with our legislators. We think part of the problem is that sexual intercourse means something completely different to men and women. For men, it can appear to be simply a pleasurable physical act some men can enjoy the act of sexual intercourse with no emotional attachment to the woman they're with. That is not to imply that sexual intercourse has no emotional meaning for men. It can and does mean much more if it's with someone they love. However, as the male genitalia is external, the very act of penetration can be perceived as the male is in control and dominant. For most women, there's an emotional connection before sexual intercourse takes place. For intercourse to take place, it also requires the woman to allow someone to enter her body. This can often be interpreted as the woman being submissive. Allowing someone to enter your body appears to be much more emotionally significant to a woman than a man. This difference in how sexual intercourse is viewed and experienced by men and women is very important when considering poor sentencing for sexual crimes. We feel that in some cases, Judges, and men in general, don't see rape the same way women do. 
if judges or those who serve on a jury feel that the crime of rape is nothing more than a non-consensual sexual act, then they will pass judgment in ignorance of the impacts on the victim. The judge may feel sorry for the victim, even empathetic towards her, but no apparent acknowledgement or understanding is shown for the long-term damage of sex crimes, and this is itself adding to the suffering of the victim. It is difficult to explain the damage caused to a human being who's been sexually abused. Words seem inadequate and can hardly capture the sheer magnitude of the damage felt. Speaking from our own experience and listening to other survivors, we understand that all sexual crimes leave similar scars. Our experience of childhood abuse left us devastated. The abuse disrupted our development and increased our likelihood of experiencing other sexual assaults. We all felt substantial distress and displayed a wide range of psychological symptoms, both short and long term. We felt powerless, ashamed and have struggled to trust others all our lives. Through our learning of how the abuse affected us, we feel confident to say that our childhood experience of sexual abuse was so damaging to our psychological development that it can be compared to a virus. The virus spread to our brain and negatively altered every cell, thought and behaviour. Victims themselves can struggle to understand the level of damage caused by the abuse they experienced. Recovery required a complete reprogramming of all thoughts, feelings and beliefs we picked up throughout our lives. In the short term, collectively, we exhibited regressive behaviours such as bedwetting, sleep disturbance, eating problems, asthma, behaviour and or performance problems at school and unwillingness and inability to participate in social activities. Long term we suffered with anxiety, ill health, depression, anger issues, anxiety attacks, insomnia and self-destructive behaviour such as excessive use of alcohol and cigarettes. We each experienced fear and anxiety in response to triggers which popped up without warning. These were simple things like smells, sounds, expressions that reminded us of our abuse or something that was said innocently. We experienced difficulties forming relationships and indulged in inappropriate sex or avoidance of sex altogether. We felt anger at our abuser and our mother who failed to protect us. Worse still, we felt anger at ourselves for not stopping the abuse. We felt betrayed and powerless. We often felt stigmatised by the shame and guilt and internalised responsibility for what happened to us. We were re-victimised as our self-worth was very low, at times non-existent. Due to the abuse, we felt worthless and abnormal and held a distorted view of sex and love. And we all, at different stages in our lives, felt suicidal. It is globally recognised that this is the most underreported crime. Because of that and the outdated statistics, a gross underestimation of the real figures that state that one in four women and one in six men are sexually abused before they reach the age of 18. Based on these figures, imagine one in four women and one in six men across all socioeconomic backgrounds are living with the previously stated impacts. It is also important to understand that alongside all those victims are the abusers. All these victims are currently living every day with the damage of their abuse and we are all without exception impacted. Even though victims 
may not come forward with their abuse for many years or some never. They are acting, parenting and socialising out of the damaged self every day. Can you possibly imagine how it would feel to live in a world where this heinous crime was eradicated? A world where no one ever again had to go through the pain and suffering that goes hand in hand with sexual abuse. We all have a responsibility to make that a reality. It's time to ask yourself, can I do something about this? You've been listening to the Kavanagh Sisters blog posts. We hope that these blogs provide helpful information based on our personal views and experiences and encourage conversations about these topics that we cover. You can contact us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook or directly at the Kavanagh Sisters at gmail.com.